From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, May 18th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Hat Coffee. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Thanks. It's like a week and a half. Yeah. No, it Long was... Long time, uh, Eddie. I just couldn't be bothered. I just <laughs> did not want to be here. No, I was in San Francisco for a meeting, and I really wanted to hang out with all of you in San Francisco. That's a lie. I didn't tell anyone I was there. I just like to keep it chill. Why are you all secretive when you're traveling? I have a, It's the Eugene Cho rule. Have you not heard this? Like, don't tell anybody where you are so you can kind of do whatever you want? No, no. I just feel weird about, No like, accountability, stuff like that? No. Because, <laughs> like, there's still, like, God or the Eye of Sauron or whatever. But, like, it's mostly <laughs> just, like... I have I have a spiritual invisibility cloak. That, <laughs> that allows yeah, you... No. In, hey, anything. No, it's a little weird thing, but I always feel weird about having my family home alone. And I'm not, like, worried about them. But I'm, like, I don't... Like, I just don't want to, like... I have a, it's like a strange so thing. So it's not like you're being secretive because you're off hiking the Appalachian Trail. No. Okay. I, I just you just like, don't I, want the world to know there's, that your women are all home. Alone. It's like when you're out of town, you, you put your lights on a timer so that way people yeah, from the outside think you're still there. It's kind of like that. And it's also, and I know this is dumb and no one cares, but like, it's also just, a, it is just a little strange to me to talk to so many people and say, hey, I'm, I'm not home. Just my wife and two daughters are home. It just feels weird to me. So I just don't. I always I don't. Understand it. When I, get I feel the same way. When I travel, I, I think about I, I miss my TV. It's uh, it's home alone. And, and you don't want it to get stolen. Yeah, so I, don't you, want, I don't want people to be nosing around my TV. I right. feel like I feel like the age of like cat burglars is gone. Because like who anymore? Like back in the back in the day when people were concerned about cat burglars, right? Like they would have a safe, like a jewelry safe in the house or something, you know, or, or they like if someone like I've thought about this before, if a criminal were to break into my house, right? And, and like if I wasn't home, like he would, what is he going to walk out of my house with a giant big screen TV that's now like three years old? And I think probably, that's what I they mean, do. I think that is exactly what yes. they do, Jesse. They do it at <laughs> night. I'm they pull just, a van I'm up. Just saying, but how much are they going to get for like the, the, both of my TVs are, are relatively old. flat screen? The price of flat screens has gone way down. Okay? Yeah, actually, if you go to Goodwill now and donate, you know, to drop things off, it says yeah. thank you, but we don't accept TVs anymore. That's really? what I'm saying. So, yeah, so I'm looking worthless. around the house. It's like, what other stuff are they going to steal that they're going to get anything for? Like, I, mean, I don't I mean, think Eddie's highly concerned about his material things. Right. Am I correct, no. Eddie? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not really even concerned about crime. It just feels a little. I don't know. It just, I don't know. It just feels weird to me to just announce that, hey, my wife and daughters are home alone. So I just don't post anything that I'm gone until I get back. I mean, but I no one knows your address either. I handle it the opposite way where no one knows where my house is, but you can look on the internet and see what city I'm in. Yeah, but it's I've, super easy. To I find had it. podcast fans come to my home at my last house. So they, they find How it. They, wowie zowie. Yeah. 156,412 home invasions in Virginia last year. <laughs> Jesse, and a net worth of thirteen hundred dollars worth of twelve right. flat screens. So yeah. Yeah. it's like, what yeah. are they taking? Used furniture? Like, where are these cat? One, it's a whole thing. Like, have you removed someone out of a house? It's a whole thing. It's it's horrible. Like, yeah. it, it, it'd be easier if I was a kid. It'd be easier like to, to do a, yeah. to do an 
uh, like an honest day's work than <laughs> if I was a criminal and was like, I'm going to go move someone for you know what I mean? right, right, right. My, my crime is moving stuff that you, I, what am I going to go? How much am I going to get for this used furniture at the flea market? It just doesn't seem like uh, it's like the greatest work. criminal proposition, you know? Yeah. I can think of a lot of more criminal things that I could do. Uh, yeah. Over here on the uh, ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, that's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, and podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Hey, we, we have a great episode today coming up later. You might have heard of him. In, in the broadcast world, Mr. Ira Glass is joining oh, us. Oh, man. Jesse, are you Jesse's so excited? Jesse's best friend. Jesse's best you friend. You know, it, 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 the, the relationship him and I have, I mean, <laughs> you know, if we needed another cast member, you know, he's, he's I, I feel like he's one call away. But, you know, we, we talked to Chiwetel Ejiofor about Come Sunday. And, yeah. you know, but th- that movie has so many people. And Ira's like, uh, you know, as you'll hear from the interview, he has like such a broad, like so, so many broad ideas about the church in general. Um, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear. It was a lot of fun. I, 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 interesting timing about this. You know, we've been talking about the the uh, Netflix film come Sunday uh, for a while now. Uh, Ira Glass produced it. It was based on a segment on This American Life about heresy. And it tells this true story of uh, Tulsa pastor Carlton Pearson, yes. who ran a, a, a inter... Uh, Interdenominational, non-denominational megachurch, nothing uh, wrong with Pentecostal that. megachurch. I'm down. Um, and uh, <laughs> kind of lost it all when he uh, started preaching on his revelation about hell. And I, Jesse, I'm I'm home last night. There's a Justin Timberlake concert going on. Decided hmm. to just stay in, put on the sweatpants, have a movie night, and uh, end up and ended up watching it. What'd you think? Did you? Yeah, I actually watched Come Sunday last night. Uh, I would say. Uh, it was it was good. Uh, I I I don't know how accessible as I'm reading. I because I, I went to I went to school in Tulsa. Yeah. I was there during this while this happened, and there are so many references that are kind of Christian culture insider knowledge that like I wondered how accessible yeah. it was to uh, to eyes who don't know who Carlton is or know who Earl Roberts is. Like you have to know who these players are to get the significance of some of the scenes. Uh, and like, and you really? don't really quite grasping it until later in the movie. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Like it seemed, I was watching the very beginning of it. I'm going, this is incredibly well acted. I yeah. mean, you really think you're watching Carlton Pearson when you're watching Edge of Four's um, portrayal. But you only of you yeah. would know that because I don't know what Carlton right. Pearson looks like. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. they got so many details spot on. Yeah. It's like, like in the or or Roberts office, you know, yeah. played yeah. by Martin Sheen, <laughs> they have it adorned in kind of like mid century gaudiness, which is absolutely accurate. And they have photos of the actual campus on the walls, which is accurate. Mm, yeah. um, the shape of the uh, sanctuary of Carlton Pearson's church is accurate. I mean, like, like I, I recognized it. It wasn't actually shot there, but they were, they did a great job on getting the, the references. Right. And again, yeah. I was like, I wonder if they're kind of majoring on the minors right now and that the story isn't going to grab people as much. It does get really good eventually, but I'm just wondering if you don't really know what you're looking at, if you're going to connect with it yeah. as much. That, that makes me want to watch it. None of us will be able to answer that question really. Cause we all have some sort of like insider. Right. right. I have no insider on this. Really? Yeah, but you still get like evangelical yeah. references. I've only been to Oklahoma like, like yeah. a time. But like they don't they don't really tell you who Oral Roberts is when Martin Sheen starts being Oral Roberts. Like yeah. you you figure it out like yeah. that this guy's important and blah blah, but like they don't like set up like 
this is a this was like earth shattering in the Christian world. You yeah, know? that's right. Yeah. So well, the the, the my I know uh, you'll get to hear Ira talk about it a little bit more in depth, but um, uh, 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 I, I call him uh, you know me and uh, him uh, are on a first name basis. So Ira, yeah, um, I, I, but, um, <laughs> but I thought the breakout performance of the movie is Martin Sheen as Oral Roberts. Like I every time he was on screen, I was really compelled by him. He's going places that Martin Sheen. That Martin Sheen. <laughs> <is hot. laughs> Jesse, did you like it? Do you agree with what Cameron's saying? Yeah, it's a lot of inside baseball. Like, I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much if I didn't have the insider knowledge. You know, interesting. interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating that 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 would be how the movie turned out when it's not all insiders who did it. It's no insiders. It's yeah. I mean, Ira Glass is an atheist. I mean, right. there's no yeah. insiders here. Yeah. So Jason I mean, Siegel was really good in it. Too, Jason Siegel was great. My favorite actor from the show Atlanta was a pit, like a unforgettable character. Have you watched the new season of Atlanta? Oh, of we already course. Talked, yeah. yeah, I think Atlanta is my summer show. I'm ready to watch it. It's a work of art. It's, man. it's beyond anything you can. I like it's it like redefines television writing. I can't Ow. even yeah. believe what I'm watching sometimes. It, it, it really is stunning. It really it's is that good. OK, yeah, it's my summer show, I think. Season one, I, it was a cultural phenomenon, but season two turned into a work of art. Yeah. It's a different right. show. I don't know how to put what I can put it on par, but with like a moment where you realize like I'm experiencing a new kind of art form well, inside of a medium I've already experienced. And no, no way is it like this, but the shift that Breaking Bad had at the very first couple of seasons of Breaking Bad, they thought that they were a, a dark comedy. Yeah, that's right. And then they figured out, no, we're going to be the best show ever made. Yeah. And like the shift is staggering. And that's what happened between season one and two of Atlanta. That's right. really funny. Yeah, it's it's pretty stunning have you watched baskets yeah. also yes <laughs> no no the, the, don't equate the, those no but there is a moment like baskets started as kind of like a silly family thing mm -hmm. and the the following seasons get pretty deep into like the relationships between it, 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 there's a real um like you find yourself thinking it's funny but never laughing I don't know how to yeah. explain that and it's the, really deep and thoughtful jesse uh, well well especially um the the season where he yeah I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen it but yeah it takes a hard turn on one yeah. season where he like falls in with these sort of like uh, drifters yes. and I mean some of the stuff like it has those moments where you're laughing and then something shocking and tragic happens and you're like oh my gosh what am I even watching here yeah, that's like right. mm. uh, what genre is this anymore which I think is. I, you know, you've seen it with shows like, uh, obviously, you, I, someone tweeted, Cameron, I think you mentioned it uh, one week, where someone tweeted like, hey, remember when Atlanta was a comedy? Sure, like, Charlemagne. These, like, yeah, these Char genre Charlemagne the blurring. Charlemagne the God. Yeah. 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 But yep. they still do little comedic beats. Like, they're still little, like, they, uh, they, I still would definitely define it as a comedy, but you got to have a different kind of sense of humor. What's interesting about this, se <laughs> this season is that it's essentially not serialized anymore. Every episode is completely standalone and it tells totally different individual stories. So they, they splinter the characters off and, and go down. I mean, last week, not this past one, but the one before none of the cast appeared in the entire episode. In the whole what? episode. Yeah. Because yeah. they told the story of one of the guys as a kid. And so the entire show is that well, story. And the week, maybe it was the week before that, only one of the minor characters appeared. Was that the the, the, the rich guy's house? Yeah, and you didn't even realize that. that. In my mind, I, that that has that half hour of television. Yeah. That episode is probably I know. the most unforgettable I've seen in years. Yeah, it like like I can't. Oh I gosh, think you about guys are it. selling this so hard. They it's it's like they it's like they decided to write a get out level thriller. That's right. Just and just drop it in in a half hour of episodic television and did it really well. Like it, it was 
terrifying and I'm, I, I really, so bizarre. I really cannot say enough about but, it. But to tie it, tie it together, <laughs> yeah. that episode, yeah. that character, I forget the character's name. Yeah. It's the, the cousins, you know, yeah. kind of buddy. Yeah. Um, he's in come Sunday. Yeah. And, oh. uh, is a very, very memorable character and storyline in that movie. Yeah. He was the guy in get out. Wasn't he? Wasn't he the, like the, yeah, I think you, you've never seen get out. Uh, uh-uh. Oh, oh, I haven't Cameron. either. I want to. Jesse told me I'd be oh, scared. Oh, no. I don't even like scary movies. You know this. Yeah, I don't watch scary movies. That's why I haven't this seen it. This is beyond that. I need you to see Get Out. Really? I really, I really culturally need you to like see Like by that. myself or with, uh, do I need not, to have some friends? It's not jump out scary. It's not like, it's not like, uh, I never jumped. Is it Blair Witch? No, 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 no. It is uh, more like, uh, remember, um, do you ever see that movie with, what's a, where Kathy Bates broke his legs over and over again? Oh, oh yeah, that Stephen King one. Yeah, it's like there's nothing actually super gory happening. It's just like psychologically. I, yeah, like I almost. can't believe and it blows your mind. Really? You need to see that movie culturally. That's like a moment in in time. Really? Okay. Hey, you yeah, just said I that about another movie too on Twitter, Eddie. You just said it about the Ruth, Ruth Bader, Bader Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Yeah, that was I could not believe that. I saw you it waited in, in line in the rain to see that one. I that did. The, so big, the biggest shocker about you tweeting about this, this new documentary is that you went to a movie theater. I did. Well, I have a movie pass. Do you really? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Did you leave your family at home? You just put a big bullseye in your house for Home Alone South Cat no, burglars? I went with Brienne and even Luke and Fend. I mean, they're pretty tough. They can, they can handle things. I'm you're not worried about the BB, girls. You're worried about Brienne. Oh, man. You gave the, them BB guns, old paint cans, and a tarantula to guard the house with. <laughs> yes. Just in case any any local cat burglars get bright ideas. But seriously, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie, it's called RBG. It's in theaters now. What really? Did you in see in it? art house theaters. No, it's it's like the, it's in the top. You saw it at Indian. Yeah, but it's starting to, it's going to go wide. It's going to go it's wide. It's like it's a very popular art house thing. Th- it's in the art house theater here. It's not in the big <sighs> ones yet. Man, what a good documentary. Why? What an amazing person. Well, I just, first of all, I didn't know like the beats of her life. And she really has not had an easy life. She overcame some really extraordinary things. A major beat allergy. Huge. Oh, really, uh, really disgusting. <laughs> I mean, that, that eliminate, you know, I, I mean, think about all the things you can't eat with a beat out. <laughs> you might as well be a hermit at that. But point. it's like you can do <laughs> anything. If you're anything like me, you, you basically are starving yourself. Yeah, your whole life, Jesse. I can't imagine your life without vegetables. <laughs> but, you know, like you can agree with her, her politics or not. I mean, she is very liberal and has become Those are the two options. more liberal as she has gotten like mm-hmm. older and the court but like she has single-handedly changed the course of american law like maybe nobody else in history has she has even since the 70s when she was appearing before the supreme court as a lawyer has been moving and shifting major pieces of like the american legal system really on her own just because she had a strategy in mind of how she would do it it's really amazing to see the power that she has and also she's just like a tiny funny lady the other part of it that she the, works out like every day. I heard she does. She's hardcore. The other funny part of it was she had and, never and, and real, real talk. She's she's uh, eating a diet mainly of beets for most of her life. So her, <laughs> I mean, the other I mean, it's, it's a weird out. physical experiment, but it turns out those things are like the fountain of youth if you eat them exclusively. <laughs> well, the other part of it that was amazing though is she had never seen the Kate McKinnon impression of her on SNL. What? So they, That's hilarious. She, she said, "Yeah, I heard about it," and then they show it to her, and so you're watching her watch the Kate McKinnon and it's the only time in the movie that she's like weeping crying laughing she just can't believe how funny it is I was like if I was Kate McKinnon that's like all you want for your career is to think yeah right you know 
So it was awesome. Good movie. Those. So that was relevant recommends <laughs> Bring it back from five years ago. Two movies that I liked. I just watched uh, the comedians in cars with coffee with um, Jimmy Fallon. I hadn't watched. I know that one's old, but I hadn't with watched it. On the boat. Oh yeah. The yeah, yeah, when they go on the boat. Yeah. And he talks about him and Jerry Seinfeld doing when he's doing the impression of Jerry Seinfeld with Jerry Seinfeld I sitting know, beside I him. Know, I know. Yeah. 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 I thought that was so funny. I'm not, I'm terrible at impressions. I can't do them at all. Well, how did, go? So how did it go? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. How did the impression go? Nope. Real quick. I don't know. No, I need I context won't. because I've only seen that episode once. So yeah. please remind <laughs> yeah, me of are, the impression. Y'all can bait me as hard as you want and I will never fall. I will never <laughs> oh, fall to this because I can't do it. But I just think it's so SNL. I mean, y'all know my love of SNL, but SNL's ability to uh, imitate people in a way that not only interest us but interest the person that they are imitating is so fascinating to me oh yeah well she, t- tina fey talked about that with letterman uh yeah. the netflix yeah. thing because again i'm that was the spend, best one spend a lot of time on the couch right now and yeah. so like watch that the other yeah, night depression it was really good yeah. no i'm not depressed at all <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is this is honest yeah, truth. Just kick what it is back. it yeah i'm interested beats yeah this I, is honest I, truth it is procrastination yeah. i have so many wow. house renovation projects yeah. i have to do that i find myself spending a lot of time with netflix you are a person that only works under immense pressure and then works amazingly. Yeah. It's a really I like, push myself to a snapping point and then it's like I'm all in. Yeah. But I will just it's, not sleep, stay up too late, watch Netflix, yeah. do but nothing. You're going to see unhealthy. a lot of seasons of a lot of stuff before you. I'm zero to a hundred. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I love anyway, it. I, I'm catching up on a lot of Netflix now that I don't have basketball <laughs> games to go to. No. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, well, that's, Cameron, let me ask this. I feel like everyone's had this. What's the weirdest thing you've seen on Netflix? Just in a late night scrolling and you watch something. And you're like, man, that was weird. I bet no one else has seen that. I, I don't go into the deep archives. I have enough oh, prime man, I stuff that I, I need to yeah. catch up on. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's your answer, though, You go to the weird edges of Netflix. I've gone to the far edges, like categories (laughs) that when you hit watch now, it says, are you sure you want to watch this? (laughs) (laughs) You're the first person to watch this. Are you sure? (laughs) You sure, man? Nobody's queued this up yet. (laughs) We forgot this was even even in here, is what they said. How did you find this, is what they're asking. Yeah. No, I watch all. I've watched like I don't, and I have like, and I never intend to watch something weird. But I'm just like, start like, bef- so I, I always think I'm gonna put something on while I scroll and find what I want to watch, right. right? And so like what? the other day, oh, that's I watched fascinating. this. But yeah, because otherwise I'm just sitting in a quiet room trying to figure out what I'm watching. And <laughs> yeah. an hour goes by. So I, an I'm hour? just going to watch House Hunters. I'm just going to watch House Hunters at this point. It's a, it's a wash. It's too late to start something. So if I start something while I scroll and I always think I'm going to start something weird that is going to lose my interest. Right. And so I start something weird that lose my interest. And guess what? It totally grabs my interest. That's no. right. Like That's I've ne- watched stuff. I've watched stuff about like these crazy like big game hunters that like they explore the ethics of like big game hunting i've watched stuff where people travel to like the amazon and take this tea that it's like this psychedelic tea and everyone has these i watch alien abduction stuff i just watched a really cool documentary about vince carter the other day oh that was I a watched, good one i say i saw this one i mean this is this was jacked up and weird but about this kid who goes missing and it's a documentary from like the 80s and and like this guy shows up and just claims he's the kid and he wears like a wig and the family just oh, adopts yeah, him yeah, it's yeah, so weird one. have you seen Dude, that one yeah, called the imposter insane. Yeah. Like there's a lot of trippy Wait, stuff. A true on story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love the idea. Hey, on the fringes of Netflix, <laughs> yeah, man. there are 
That's some weird, weird story. stuff. No, man. I, yes. I love the idea of scrolling through Jesse's Netflix, <laughs> and it's just like because you liked foreign language anime torture shows with <laughs> alternate lifestyle characters, <laughs> you probably like. And then there's like just a list of like a Vince Carter documentary. One more show, yeah, and it's like just a black well, cover. Well, that makes me want to watch that one, Jesse. Maybe you should do the recesses of. Netflix recommendation. If I remember correctly, he was he was foreign too. He had like an accent and everything. He was French. Yeah. And they were yeah, like, yeah, oh well, I right, guess right. you're the son who went missing years ago. <laughs> you know, and that you came would back be with a very accent. easy to you know diagnose with DNA if he was related right. to you or not. Hey man, right. hey man, this this, that. this documentary goes deep in all that, and I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, you, you, I'm telling you, turn it on for ten minutes. You turn it on for ten minutes, and you're like, okay, I'm going to find something, not something dark and freaky with this weird French guy and your two hours have gone by like holy crap i can't believe that really happened <laughs> that's funny man wow yeah, yeah. i go uh, down the rabbit holes yeah because here's the thing i'll i i'll end up seeing all the good stuff that i need to see right you know but i want to i want to be able to talk about like i said things that no one else knows about my and yeah the, i i don't watch netflix get educated i actually i'm not like the netflix guy i'm more of a tv guy dvr guy i like and and yeah, so wow. so so my my um my guilty pleasure, uh, you know, I mentioned last week, is watching a lot of Christian television late at night. That's mm, kind of my yeah. weird fringes of Netflix, yeah. you know. But the other thing I'm, I'm doing a lot more is watching uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm okay. like I got into a golden a Golden Girls wormhole the other night that went pretty pretty long. Well, that's that's actually a, I think we've talked about it maybe on the show before. But Golden Girls is respectable. You know, like Mitch Hurwitz wrote for Golden Girls, the guy that created Arrested Development. No way. Yeah, like Golden Girls was not a sticky comedy. I love- it was Golden like, Girls. There was like a bunch of like it was like an early incubator for great writers. Yeah, it, it, Golden Girls holds up. Yeah. Uh, most of them don't, and that's why I was like I was enjoying it. I know that this is yeah. weird. I'm home alone watching Golden Girls and enjoying it, but I mean, I was gonna say I think you could end up on like on a watch list for something. <laughs> like, <laughs> B. Arthur in real life was edgy. Like they were all really solid comedians in their own in their own right, and Betty Davis still is. But like they were, it was an interesting show. I was watching like fifties uh, one the other day, uh, like George and Gracie like George oh, Burns yeah. and Gracie Allen yeah. and, and Cohen walks in and he goes, dad, why are you watching all these weird old shows? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> because they're great, man. They're yeah. like a pure innocent time. He's yeah. like, is this when you were a kid? I was like, no. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> being in which I like, you see those rooms over there that need to be painted. I got to watch this yeah. show because yeah. yeah. well, I cannot paint them. Yeah. I cannot. I, well, speak, I'm researching on my laptop, quote unquote, while I'm watching these shows, by the way, just along those lines, Cameron, I, I listened to like, it was this new podcast, like an audio documentary about the laugh box, like the sitcom laugh machine and these oh, people yeah. who are obsessed with it. And it, it was ninety nine pi right? Yeah, yeah, oh, it, and and so like the original laugh box, it was before like digital technology, and this guy was like a, a, a maniac about collect, like he was obsessed with laughter, and hundreds. he would he had hundreds of different laughters for every type of scene. Like you, it wasn't I don't just know what like a laugh box is. Am I the only one? Who so doesn't so like a laugh. A laugh tr- so that, that's what the, uh, uh, you use to insert the laugh track into those eighties sitcoms. Thanks, mm-hmm. thanks, thanks. So okay. he had like okay. guffaws. He had one like a lingering laugh, and they said like he would bring this <laughs> laugh box, and it was like this homemade thing, and he would basically watch a, a sitcom without any laughter and play it like a piano the whole time. And you learn like the whole insane oh, history of it. Cool. And you learn like why the laugh track went away and like shows that started with a laugh track and then they killed the laugh track. Like uh, they talked about Aaron Sorkin's sports night and how that might have killed the show. Is there a decision to like abandon the laugh track because it changed the writing of it? 
But it really made me Wait, think. Wait, where can I listen to this? 99% Invisible. It's a podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By Roman Mars. I like that podcast. And it was yeah. like they, they pulled content from another show, but that was where... I mean, but if you think about, have you seen these things on YouTube where they, they'll do like a big bang theory or everybody loves Raymond Mm -hmm. with no laugh track. Yeah. It is the worst, most horribly acted, like doing that show live, like being one of the actors. I couldn't imagine how awkward it is doing it without the laughter. And that's probably why Will and Grace is doing a live studio audience when they're filming. And so is Roseanne. Roseanne Yeah. What was really interesting in in that show though, was that, or in that podcast was that they talked about, because I always thought laugh track was kind of sticky and I guess it is, but they talked about only if you have beet juice on your fingers. Right. That's right. Oh boy. But they talked about how like I'm elbow deep in beet juice. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you touch is sticky. (laughs) They, They talked about how people in the early days of television though, weren't, really accustomed to the idea of not sitting in a communal environment to enjoy entertainment. And it was weird to them to like, just watch a box. And so they put the laugh track in because it made people more comfortable with the idea of like, we're all laughing. We're all laughing together at this thing. And now they're like, Oh, now TV is the opposite. We just want to be on our iPhone alone under the covers with nobody else around us watching a show. And so we don't feel like we need a laugh track, but it was almost like a transitional sort of thing. And now like a cultural thing, not just just a technology thing. Hanging out in our sweatpants, not painting our house. (laughs) 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 Researching on our laptops. Watching a documentary about this really creepy French dude back in the 80s. I mean, (laughs) disturbing for a long time. Um, Can I real quick before we move on? Props to... uh, you know, I used, we've played this game a few times. Who would replace us on the show? Yeah. My first choice already on the show, AFD, of course. Yes, of course. So, so now I need a replacement. Yeah. Andre. He, he did a good job. Heck of a job. Last, last week shows. on the yeah. show. Yeah. Like it was fine. The yeah. first show and it was cute. And then by yeah. the second show, I was like, well, I got to get back in there. My vibe with his whole Kanye beat and everything. Yeah, that was a pretty good take. Yeah, I yeah. love that guy. Andy's so sweet in real life. He is. He's a very nice man. I'm just saying we got to get him out of here. All right, move the show along. It is time for slices. Oh boy! Yeah, we got it. We got an intro nice. that, that thing now. Yeah. It's fun. You can't not say it that way. So we got to do. Yeah, yeah. All right. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, I wanted to talk about this last week, but uh, I, I didn't end up getting to the twofer because we're running along. But I, 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 I wanted bad. to give recognition to a new American hero that I, that uh, is is um, getting some recent media attention and uh, for for all the right reasons. His name is Don Gorski, and he mm-hmm. is pushing. He is showing us what the limits of the human body are. And I always oh, appreciate those types that are willing to to do things that are far too dangerous for anyone else to do. He this week crossed a new record where he has consumed his 30,000th Big Mac. What? Gross. Oh, he's yeah. alive? For, yeah. For the last four decades. Okay. <laughs> How many so kilos does he weigh? Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He looks pretty normal size. He looks like a normal guy, aside from his very strange haircut, which I can only describe as a Beatles mullet. Like it's like the Beatles. It's like the Beatles bowl cut, but just like long and straight in the back. It's his own thing. As you can imagine, this is a guy who does his own thing. He says that he just went to the doctor and got a health checkup. His cholesterol is fantastic. Okay, thirty thousand. He has been eating them. He has been uh, eating them for decades. So 30,000. He's been averaging two big, two big backs a day for the the last uh, like 40 years. He has only missed like one day in the, in the, or or like eight days over the course of the last eight years. Well, all heroes wear capes, my friend. 
Keep I going. know. I appreciate this guy, man. <laughs> he might be only able to wear a cape if he's eating too big. How many? A day. How many years? Uh, forty years. Are you doing the math on calories? Well, oh, no, no, not, no, not even calories. I was thinking about dollars, and that's where my mind goes. Man, this guy spent it's a lot of money cheaper. on food. It's probably cheaper. Yeah, it's probably cheaper oh, yeah. than groceries. That's why uh, poor people in America are fat, because it's like the only country where you can actually just gain a bunch of weight for a very little money. So there's yeah. a wow, fun fact wild. that killed the vibe. Continue on, Jesse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gone for a couple no. weeks, and all of a sudden I forget that it's funny. It Sorry. makes me question. It Let's makes me question. The, food deserts. It, <laughs> 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 it makes me question, though, like some of the weird fringy documentaries I watched, like Super Size Me was one of like yeah. the weird kind of outlier documentaries. I like, that, I yeah. think Morgan Spurlock was just like gorging himself on purpose. I think you could figure out a way to just eat one thing for, for decades and be totally fine like this guy proved. I mean, like I said, he goes to McDonald's twice a day, every day, and he's totally fine and healthy. That's crazy. Yeah. Does he also get a soda and fries? Do you know this information? Mm. I, I don't or know. Or is he literally just getting okay. a burger? I mean, think. okay, so if we're, we're talking about caloric intake, you know? So, I mean, there's some lettuce on it. There's some protein, beef, you know, there's bread, right. carbs. I mean, so there's yeah. a mixture of, of right. things. Caloric intake wise, you know, average American, 2000 calories a day, a health guide, a mm-hmm. uh, Big Mac is 560 calories. So if he's eating two a day, he's at 1100 calories. He can, you know, fill it out with a couple of other things throughout the day. And the dude's eating a normal amount of calories, at least. That's fine. You know? Yeah. I think, I think he's hacked the system is what I think. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. You find something you like, you know, and like Cameron said, reasonably well back. You got the whole fear food pyramid in the Big Mac when you think yeah. about it. If you count tomatoes as fruit, right? You got sesame seeds. <laughs> you got the seeds and nuts on there. It's not the same pyramid, but... You got the yeah, whole pick, food pyramid. Pickled, pickled cucumbers. <laughs> Jesse, know? did you read about the reasons why he missed like two days or three days in his entire in this entire run? I read one was a snowstorm, but he ended up making it out there. Like he braved oh a gosh. snowstorm. No, no, the Does best. he have a family? Ah, good question. The reason he did not eat one the other time is because his mom's dying wish was for him for him to not eat a Big Mac on her funeral day. What? Oh, yep. Gosh. <laughs> wow. This really. Andy, welcome back. Welcome back. Is that really? Yeah, it's really real. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Was I was like, oh, so no one in his circle is cool with this. It's not like everybody's right. like, oh, good for you, saving money. 1100 calories hey, a day. I'm cool with life. it. I'm cool with it. He's smarter than all of us. He's probably yeah, spent he, way less money on food in his life. He eats the one thing that he really likes and he's super healthy. Good for you, Don. You showed I us mean, that it's possible. Super healthy is not the language we use here, Jesse. He's, he's in, not super The healthy. fact the guy isn't morbidly obese and Jesse's head means he's super healthy. He's <laughs> reasonably, <laughs> reasonably, <laughs> scale. reasonably healthy. He's alive in his 60s. Okay. So good for you, Man. Don. All right, what do you have, Eddie? <laughs> okay, so I have brought a just an unbelievably long list, but this is um, a really magical time in our life. Every four years, we have the Olympics. Every two years, and you know I get very excited about the Olympics, but this Saturday, um, tomorrow morning, is the creme de la creme. It's as good as television viewing gets, and that is, of course, the royal wedding. Will you be watching it? Yes. No. You will not watch the royal wedding? Why? What? You're not going to watch it? It's magical. Why would... Yeah, let me give you a reason to watch. Here's a reason to watch. Will Ferrell and uh, what's what's, uh, Rachel 
Molly uh, Shannon. Shannon. Molly, Molly Shannon. Shannon. Oh, Shannon. Shannon. I was thinking of Rachel Drench. Uh, yeah, and Molly Shannon are bringing back Tish and Cord, who ruined the Thanksgiving Day or the no, New the Year's Rose Day. Parade. The, Rose the, Rose, parade. the Parade yeah. of Roses for millions of Amazon viewers who are very confused because they're in they're in pretty good disguise. Like, you would know it's them if you knew them. But if not, you're like, why are these two? So they get into character and they act like, remember in Best in Show, like Fred Willard's character uh, where yes. he commentates the dog show? Yes. It's basically that for for the entire Rose Freight. And now they're doing it for the royal wedding. I can't wait. Let me uh, just say, are you really not going to watch it? Uh, no, no interest is one reason. <laughs> uh, the second reason is uh, as as people are listening to this and while this thing will be happening, yeah. uh, Jesse and I will be off the grid in Montana. Yeah. Okay. I will be up at 530. We're making scones. We will begin watching at 6 a.m. 7 o'clock, the girls will get up. We'll have scones and tea and watch the whole wedding as we did for the yes. last royal wedding. I mean, this well is a done. very exciting time. We won't get to see another royal wedding for a generation. This is, you're doing exactly we will, right. We right? will be old people before we get to see, you know, what's it ever. We'll be 30,000 Big Macs deep before we get to see I, another royal wedding. And good. Well, we, I, the, the, the whole, the whole institution is a big sham. Like okay. a marriage. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> Guys, I've, I've been watching some weird Netflix documentaries and my whole worldview about marriage is blown wide open. It's like, yeah. here is a family who's literally going to personify privilege that we are just going to pay for them to do cool stuff. Right. And we get nothing from it. Like, it just seems insane to me. It is and, weird. Yeah. When they when they removed any sort of uh, governmental role from the royal family, the, the institution of the monarch makes no sense to me. It, 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 it is it is utter nonsense. Monarchy. Yeah. Uh, I, it, why why are you so into it? Uh, because it's just completely pointless and fun. Okay, like yeah. you just these people. I agree with that, one of those. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just like there's like famous people there, and it's like huge, and there's just it's like, like the Met Gala. It's just over the top. Why oh is this God, even I love happening? The Met Gala. If there was an actual war these would be the first people that they would stuff into a bunker and not let them have outside communication. No one, they're not doing anything. So to me, it's just pointless and fun. And it's also, you know, it's like magical. She's going to be a, a, I guess a princess. Although, you know, it's magical because she is not a, um, she's not like subject to the queen. Her name won't be, it will be like princess Harry of Wales. Like she doesn't even get her name following princess. Yeah, it's something the like that. The whole thing is is absurd. Even if she was yeah. subject to the queen, the queen has no power. She I did just... find I did find myself in a internet wormhole of what is the royal family's last name? Yes. And it's it's really weird. Well, some other interesting things and this is actually my slice. Sorry. Um is that like uh so something Jesse that may turn you is that traditionally you know what the dessert is that they have for weddings. Cake? How would I possibly know this? It's yeah. Fruitcake. They usually have fruitcake, but not this year. <laughs> said, Harry, how could I possibly know this? Because they're so old that old people like fruitcake. Harry and Meghan are gonna changing say, it somehow, up. Somehow they're making <laughs> royal weddings less appealing to no, me. No, Harry and Meghan, have, uh, they're choosing a lemon elderflower cake that will be covered with buttercream icing and decorated with fresh flowers. Oh, crazy, huh? That's your slice. Uh, my slice is I have 11 more of these. So please, no. Point, please no <laughs> please no go is there anyone like the only thing cool about the royal family yes. is andre the, brought a kanye take yeah. and you're bringing the the dessert <laughs> list for the <laughs> royal wedding let me let me redeem it a little bit is the there one it, hey is there one 
fact in there about those cool soldiers with the hats. Here's my question <laughs> about those tall furry hats. Can I, tall furry furry hat. get hold on, hold on. Before, okay, one, where do you get? Okay, I have a couple questions about those, and then the I'll let you convince hats. your size. Okay, so those soldiers, like, they're supposed to be, like, like the the baddest of the bad, like right. they're guarding yeah. the royal jewels or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like what, what, what? I don't know. But their job is to be like the toughest military guys ever. Why are you putting them in a ridiculous giant furry hat? Like what tactical purpose does that serve? And two, why do, aren't the chin straps long enough? They always go like right over their nose. How hard is it to make a normal sized chin strap? <laughs> now, since you're asking the question, I have an answer for you. There is a dress code. Men must wear a morning suit or lounge coat, and women must wear a day dress that is knee length and covers the shoulders. Women are also asked to wear a hat. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. Right? I can't wait. <laughs> and I'm so glad you brought this slice instead of me. It's so it's great. Because I'm really excited about it. The flowers are going to be given to uh, a charity a- afterwards. Uh, so, oh, I you, that- hey, you know what would be great to give to a charity? What? All the money they're using to subsidize this family that doesn't do nothing. Like that would be great for a charity. <laughs> I will say that in lieu of what's a charity going to do with a bunch of dying flowers? Yeah, going to put them up and have you just like a, a book. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty. eBay them or yeah. something. Yeah, that's right. Crafts. No, it's crafts. beautiful. <laughs> Literally, Chandler said crafts. Yeah, Chandler <laughs> loves little yeah, crafts. I mean, it's kind of cool. Craft that's what he's doing in the sound booth now. He just does little. Get some. Yeah. Some things work. He has with. a hey, whole it's a little charity. Studio so, yeah. <laughs> the charity um, for scrapbookers. He dips them Just, in beet juice. It's a little sticky, but right, you know. Right, yeah. Right. Prince William will be Prince Harry's best man. Uh, no surprise. Harry was the best man at William's. 2011 wedding. That's lovely. Um, how come they're so old? Like how like the families like I feel bad for the the dad. Who's uh, so old? Prince, of, of, Prince, of Prince Charles. Oh, I see. Because like he's all look at him in yeah. a picture. He looks like the king like is kind of winding things up you yeah, know, well, or well, winding down. Huey too is the longest serving monarch. I mean, it's it crazy, crazy. She started, you know, very young because her dad died like unexpectedly young. But like, and you know, there's a whole thing that they think they'll skip over Charles and go straight to William. Yeah, that yeah. is not possible anymore. Just last year, she announced that power would be transferred to Charles. Uh, she announced and by this power, but he could zero he could power abdicate. I mean, he could, <laughs> he, he could, <laughs> but he has already accepted it. He has yeah. said, uh, "I he, will accept." Yeah. So, he so, can but, accept it, but then he can. But push look it at off. their genes. That, I mean, she's living to like 146. Yeah. That means he probably will get pretty close there too. She's 25, 30 years ahead of him. So yeah. he's got 25, 30 years. Yes, that's right. And then you got the this guy, the the younger one. He's going to be... Prince William. I can't believe you say this guy. You don't even know who Prince William is? Yeah, yeah Prince, Harry, Prince William. Yeah, yeah Harry's yeah. nothing. I mean, he's uh, five or six in line. He actually, once they... Because they allow uh, females in the line of succession now, and they had a daughter, and... So, like, now he's deeper in line. He's the sixth in line. Yeah, he's behind the daughter. They daughters. had a daughter, meaning Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth. No, 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 no. No, uh, no, no. because uh, Harry had another kid. Okay. No, no, no. hey, I'm falling asleep here. I'm falling asleep here. Oh, Why are you even describing All right, Jesse, let me, let me bring <laughs> you back. Saying, I'm just saying, like, you're okay. saying he's gonna, she's going to give power to the king. Like, if he if he gets the power, he's like, all right, my day has come. We are going to invade Spain. Literally, no one would care or do anything. Like, <laughs> okay. they, they, those guys in the furry hats, they're not losing sleep over it. Like, they're not doing they're anything. They're just going to stand The there. king, how come, like, when I watched that Winston Churchill doc, uh, movie, not documentary, but yes. movie, um, I forget what it's called. All, recent one. On the plane. All, 
What is watch it, it on the plane. Yeah, maybe. watch it on the plane. Yeah, it's but, something I mean, night. I, or yeah, something. I watched that yeah. and like Winston Churchill like had a weekly lunch with the king yeah. and like they were dealing with governmental and strategy mm. things and the people and and it was like okay, I got that you know the king wasn't like and you know powerful or whatever, but he was still involved. Mm-hmm. I don't get that I impression. Think that still happens with the queen. I think she still has lunch weekly with the um, prime minister. Guy, the, yes, the prime minister. They do, but then if feel I was like the king, they feel that they're just chit chatting about fruitcake. Yes, but there's yeah, like a really say. deep in in British like the life of a Brit like this. That they believe that the king or queen is a direct like appointee by God to the throne. To I don't oversee. think they really believe that anymore. Eddie. I mean, she's I think the, it was like, in the era of the counter Pope that they were doing that when it was the church of England, right? but she's still the head of the church of England. There is nobody yeah. above her besides That's God. That's true. And so they, they're there's is like a much more like this, this like it's not a ceremonial thing to them. This is well, I'm sure to some, but it's a, like a it's a real thing. Jesse, let, listen, I'm going to make a bet with you. So that's I'm, why you brought it ooh. though. This is a religious institution. Yeah, the intersection of culture or whatever. <laughs> the Jesse, meaning of culture. And I'm going to make. I'm going to make. Whatever. I'm going to make a. <laughs> <laughs> say, if I was a king, if I was a prince, and if like let's say America had it, I would be living. I would just lean into it. And I would live like Billy Madison. Like yeah. I would be in a float in a pool all day. Yeah, I would be a gigantic eleven year old. I would be a full grown eleven year old. Anybody in my life that's a real life Billy. Madison, it's got to be Jesse. It's Jesse. It's absolutely right. Jesse, I'm going to be the bet. king of America. <laughs> and I'm going to put all the cards on the table with this. I could keep going with this slice, but I have one more fact. If you find this fact interesting, then okay. I win and I get to continue on this slice. If you don't find it interesting, Jesse, and I'm not going to argue you into it. But you if, have to tell the truth, Jesse. If you don't okay. find it okay. interesting, I will stop my slice and we will move on to what I'm sure is Annie's much better slice. And also okay. to Let's Andre replace it. Okay. <laughs> you ready, Jesse? Yeah, hit me. The same photographer that took the couple's official engagement photos will be the official wedding photographer. Doesn't normally Annie, happen. what do you got? Eddie, <laughs> 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 I'm so disappointed that that's the one you brought thinking that would be Jesse's moment. Mm, Surely there's another one on the list. Six horses will accompany the couple for the procession following the ceremony. Are they going to ride around in one of those Cinderella pumpkins? The, yes. the horses' names are Milford, Haven, Storm, Plymouth, and Tyrone. They will pull the carriage. Tyrone? <laughs> uh, Sir Basil and Loudonberry will be the outside horses. But do you know the, the important fact you're leaving out, Eddie, that a lot of our listeners know is that not only is Meghan Markle about to be a princess, she played a princess on a Hallmark Christmas movie. Yes. A woman, an American woman who marries. She is living the real life Hallmark Christmas movies. So this princess lady was, is an actress. Yeah. 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 How did did they meet? Uh, Uh, A friend introduced them. Hmm. Pretty good, good story. That's why that wasn't my slice. (laughs) I had a lot more interesting stuff. Anyhow. All right. What do you have, Annie? Well, this can tie us all together because Meghan Markle is obviously moving to a new address. And Eddie does not like when people don't know when he's home. But did y'all know that, you know, when you are ready to move, you just go to the post office and you put in a change of address form, right? So this guy (laughs) in November went to the post office and changed the UPS, like, central's address. Like, he changed the UPS headquarters address (laughs) to his address. So he changes it from Atlanta and he says, I got to change my address. I used to live here and puts the UPS headquarters and sends all the UPS mail to his house in Chicago. 
And Why so would you want to sl- do that? Uh, well, because well, he's a criminal mastermind. Let me tell you, Chandler, he's yeah, a criminal mastermind. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. stole $56,000 from people sending checks to UPS or people getting like mail at UPS, like the employees. Thousands of pieces of mail got sent instead of to the headquarters in Atlanta to this guy's apartment in Chicago. And he stole their mail for three months. It wasn't until January that they figured it out. But yeah, he... And there was a paper yeah. trail right to him. How <laughs> literally? How do you trail. cash a check? If I'm, if I'm named Bob Sugarman, how do I cash a check to UPS? I can't cash I, a check made out to UPS. I don't know. I don't That's know. a great question. $58,000 worth of money he stole wow. because he just changed the address. So Eddie, not only do you need to watch out when you leave, you need to make sure nobody changes your mailing address. Yeah. Well, this, See, kind of, this story like made me a little bit sad because I was super into this guy. Cause I thought, <laughs> all right, funny he's prank. just got it all on a box. He's going to return yeah, yeah. it all. He's just being, mm. he's just like showing that there's a, he really was siphoning it off though. He was yeah, he like, was like, yeah. a, he was like yeah. a criminal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, just make this a good ending to the story. Yeah, just be funny and take a lot of packages. Yeah. My theory right. is my theory is he's a he's a he's a low level criminal and he's realizing that cat burglaring just doesn't pay off anymore because you're just <laughs> end up lifting furniture all day for right. very little return. Right. Yeah, I like, just it, like, to picture, okay, like, real talk. <laughs> Real talk, real quick. If you if you if you were to send me in my neighbor and go to enter somebody's home, they're definitely not home, and try yeah. to steal as much as you can to make as much money. Right. And I don't know, it's an like hour. supermarket suite. You got yeah, you got you got a, a clock ticking. I would just be wandering around like I mean I'm I mean that that TV isn't worth it. They don't have fine china anymore. No one has a china cabinet anymore. Like right. I said, no one has like an old pirate style like go jewelry box. Th- yeah, I don't want to go rooting through like the sock drawer looking for like the jewelry box in the back because that's kind of gross (laughs) it was it was like in here's in here exactly and here's here's my other theory where cat burglaring just doesn't pay anymore okay charlie uh villanueva uh 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 smooth v right a former nba player he returned from a trip recently and tweeted pictures that his home had been burglarized when he was out of town then the one that went viral was some they had the burglars had taken the toilet had uninstalled the toilet like the plumbing and everything and and it all it goes he's like who would do this i'll tell you who someone who runs into a house and realizes there's nothing valuable to steal here i'm gonna have to i'm forced to take a used toilet that's what cat burglaring has come to i i had to have been a a message or something i mean or maybe it was one of those high-end five thousand dollar toilets you know one of the smart (laughs) yeah smart ones still how much work is it to uninstall a toilet clean four screws nothing in virginia one of ten people will be victims of a home burden. <laughs> what I pictured is like in the Santa Claus when UPS or FedEx shows up with all those boxes of the list of checking yes or, you know, making a list and checking it twice, but that's not what he got. He just got mail. But I wanted him to get boxes and boxes of things. I still can't figure out how, what bank let him cash the check. I, I don't know how checks work. but I'd like I mean, to get a little bit more knowledgeable on how to be a burglar. Or in how, yeah, you know, yeah, how to be a criminal. Or like oh, run no. a scam on stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think like, that I'm not says a lot I'd about both it. of you that you don't know how to deposit checks that aren't in your name. Yeah. How do you do that? That's right. Chandler? Forge a signature on the back, maybe? Oh. Okay. Like yeah. Well, how do you... How, like made out to UPS? What does yeah, UPS have a signature? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you just take it to like one of those check cashing places where they're not paying as much attention. Maybe oh, it's not... Yeah, no, maybe no, it's just no, you know what I would do? I'd be like, hi, my name's Ulysses 
Percy Sebastian. <laughs> yeah. You can see this is made out to me. My initials are right there. Yeah. Mr. Sebastian will take his cash now. Ulysses Percy. Ulysses Percy Sebastian. Yes, and I did do a shipment of 10,000 boxes, which is why that's on the memo line. So I would like my money now, please. I, I raise fancy horses for a living, if you need to know. Now, I, I just come up with a like a fascinating backstory for Ulysses Percy Sebastian, so no one can question me. I'll cover my bases. I'm not going to make it up on the fly. All right, well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Ira Glass joins us. Listening to Gallant. Back. I'm so excited. The song is Doesn't Matter. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Hatchie with the song Sleep. This week's episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just a day. Um, It's actually a great service. We've used it. You should definitely check it out if you're looking to hire. Right now, ZipRecruiter is offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. Our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Well, Ira Glass is the creator, producer, host uh, extraordinaire of This American Life. A while back, they had an episode called Heretics, which told the story of of, a few different stories of heretics, one of which was uh, Bishop Carlton Pearson, the head of a megachurch in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who started to change his theology on heaven and hell and lost everything. Uh, The episode broke out and he ended up producing a film about it. The film is called Come Sunday and it's on Netflix now. Uh, we spoke with uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor uh, a couple weeks ago, who's the star of the film. Jason Siegel is in it. Uh, Danny Glover's in it. Uh, it's an all-star cast. There's, there's a number of notable performances. We recently spoke with Ira about the film, why he wanted to tell that story, and why he thinks the church needs more positive stories told about it. Here is part of our conversation with Ira Glass. One of the first questions, especially for people who, you know, are familiar with This American Life, like what about this story in particular jumped out to you as like, man, this would make a great movie. This would really translate to a film. I mean, just as a story, it's a great story. It's it's a very classic sort of Hollywood story of a man who stands up for what he believes in and loses everything. You know, I mean, it's, it's just like a very old school sort of movie. And then it seemed exciting to do the story in a way where the people in his life, the Christians in his life who love him, kind of get equal weight to him, it, like in saying, like, we, we would love to be on your side, but we're not. 
you know, and we're worried for you. And so, I mean, I know I've said this before to your magazine, but like in general, I think the media, the news media, movies, TV, don't do a very good job accurately portraying life as practiced by Christians in this country. And this seemed like a chance to do a story where every character is in the church and every character is a believer and they face a question that they really disagree about and and you see people work it out. And what's interesting is like everyone in the story is kind of going through like to a degree, everyone's very conflicted because no one is exactly comfortable with where they're ending up, whether it's like Bishop Pearson, who is coming to this conclusion that what he's believed his whole life might be wrong or the people in his life that are like, well, do we have to cut him off? It seems like there's real conflict with everyone here. Yeah. Yeah, and like I have to say, like like my favorite scenes in the movie are actually the scenes where Martin Sheen, who plays Oral Roberts, and Jason Segel, who plays Carlton's uh, best friend, who co-founded his, you know, a guy who who co-founded a church, his church with him, um, where they basically try to talk him out of it, and uh, and and you know, and 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 uh, you know, the scene where 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 Jason talks to Carlton and says, basically, you know, I love you and I feel like there's nothing I can say that will convince you and and I don't want you to go to hell and and I don't know what to do. Um, you know, like it's, it's heartbreaking. Examining the story and kind of the narrative that happened, you know, and someone who is outside of that, the culture, you know, kind of the, the church culture to some degree, d- did you find yourself agreeing with the actions of to to some degree that the that the church took, or at least being able to kind of relate to why they did what they did. You mean you mean his, his friends in the church and the fact yeah. that they get tried to research? Of course, I did. Of course, yeah. Like it, it was, and honestly, when we were when, in writing the screenplay and in, and in just t- like talking about what we all wanted from the film, you know, the director Josh Marston and the other producers and I, you know, like that was one of the things that we thought made the story so compelling was that was that we wanted, you know, like like people were being completely reasonable. You know what I mean? Like they, they believe the Bible is a certain thing. And, and of course this is how they reacted. They would be terrible people if they didn't react that way and try to save him and try to talk him out of it. So yes, I, I definitely had sympathy for, for all the Christians who don't side with Carlton in the story. One of the things that I feel like would be challenging as a storyteller is when you're telling the story in the form of of a film like this that um, deals with a real with real figures, particularly someone like Oral Roberts, who you know even people who you know may not be intimately familiar with him, maybe had seen him on TV or have some sort of um, idea about him, preconceived idea about him. What are the challenges of bringing someone like that to the big screen? I mean, you know, the challenge is you want to be truthful and you want to portray the complicated reality of a real person. And we were very careful about this. The screenwriter, Marcus Hinchy, spent hundreds of hours talking to Carlton and talking to him about his memories about Oral. And everything you see in the film as a scene really happened. And maybe not word for word dialogue in, in like a scene in the middle of the film, but like there's a scene towards the end of the film where Earl talks to Carlton about his, his own son and his regrets about like how he dealt with his son's homosexuality. You know, we got that from a real conversation that Carlton told us about. And and at some point I can't remember the name of the person, but we showed the screenplay to someone who was close to Oral. And, and you know, just to be sure like everything rang true and, and he said yeah, absolutely so. 
you know, and I think it's like Orwell is such a divisive figure among the secular and uh, and religious audiences. I think I think like secular secular people who didn't believe, you know, I feel like they do not think of Orwell like in the reverential way that that you know people who went to ORU and people who are in the church do, and uh, and we very much you know we're trying to portray him the way that people close to him saw him. And, and, and really, like, to give him credit, like, you, you, in the radio piece that this is based on, you know, we, we, we explained at length, like, what an innovator he was, not just putting, you know, ministry on television, but he was, he was an early and forceful advocate for integrating the church and getting black people and white people, you know, praying together, you know, like, way before his time. And uh, just a force for, for positive change in a lot of ways in this country. And uh, so, you know, we, we wanted the, the portrayal to be accurate and not an outsider's view. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that this story does is, is not only humanizes some of these kind of larger than life figures, but also humanizes some of these big ideas where it's like, I, I get I get why Oral believed the way he did when you kind of hear this, this kind of dialogue. And the same thing with Bishop Pearson. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that surprised you about the relationship between Oral and Bishop Pearson as you kind of learn more about the story? I mean, I was surprised at the thing that came up in the last scene, actually, like that, that in the end, uh, in real life, that um, Oral expressed more sympathy for Carlton's position that, uh, privately than he did publicly. And, and Oral, you know, talked about his regrets about his son with, with Carlton privately. Like, I believe that that happened. I, I believe Carlton when he tells that story. It's very much in line with everything else we know about Oral Roberts and that part of his life. And so, uh, so that that was the most surprising thing for sure. I, I think something. I think uh, you know something like that, and even just some of the ideas that this this film wrestles with. There, anytime you're dealing with like a religious audience, obviously there's a risk of because there are elements of the audience that can be kind of hypersensitive. Were, were you concerned at all about potentially offending segments of the audience with things in the film? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, at one point, um, uh, when we were close to a final draft, we showed the screenplay to uh, somebody who I'm close to, who uh, who I used to work with, uh, who's an evangelical, and she showed it to some people in her church who she trusted, and we got notes back from them about, like, you know, are there any moments here, are there any specific lines or anything overall, just to be sure there was nothing in it. Because anytime you have somebody... You know, in a movie, expressing something that is that is not doctrine, like of course you're scared of offending people. You know, and and, and our hope is that people understand this is a drama, and it's about how the church reacted and and how people reacted. I hope I hope the audience understands. I hope a religious audience understands that uh, that uh, you know we are just as sympathetic to the people who are telling Carlton it's not in the book. You know, we wish what you were saying is true, but it's not in the book. Like that seems like an utterly reasonable thing to 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 feel, and and those scenes are all played very sympathetically towards them. What one thing that um, Bishop Pearson said that when they were shooting that um, Jason Siegel at some point asked him during the shoot that if he felt vindicated, if this film gave him a sense of vindication, hmm. and, and Bishop Pearson, he at least he told me that he wasn't seeking vindication and that's not really kind of what he felt. I was wondering, what do you hope the audience will take away from the film after they see it? I hope that people 
engage with him and engage with the characters and engage with the question that it raises and and just engage in the in the story of Christians trying to figure a thing out. You know, when 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 one of them starts to say something that the others just don't hold to. Like to me, there's a doctrinal question that's being raised. But like I don't think it's it's the job of a movie to like sell some religious idea over another. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't our goal with this at all. Like the main character of our story comes to believe something that is not traditional doctrine. But like the movie is not trying to convince people that he's right. The movie is trying to show, you know, here's what happened. You know, and I feel like the people who find that an interesting idea or an intriguing idea will go and like read up later. You know what I mean? Like, like, like if in a way, like a movie is a really inefficient way to make an argument unless you're going to make a slideshow kind of movie like um, An Inconvenient Truth or something. You know what I mean? Like where the entire movie is an argument. But that's not the business we're in. And, and it doesn't seem like that's a thing that a lot of people would, would be coming out for. What we wanted was something that's that's about how people treat each other and, and, and also, you know, about what life is like in the church. And, and so, like, you're asking, like, what would I want people to come away from? Like, like my, my expectations are very low. Like, I just thought, like, it's an amazing story that a lot of people would relate to that I thought people would like to see and have feelings about in the way that, that I like seeing it and have feelings about it. And then I would hope that people who, who are evangelicals will be pleased by seeing us try to accurately document like life in the church like you just don't see that many movies that are mainstream movies that are just set in the church and everybody's in the church and everybody's religious and it's and it's just taken as a given of course everybody believes of course you know like and then the question is just like how do you believe and 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 how do you get along with each other and um my fear with the film is that evangelicals will know it's about Bishop Pearson and they'll feel like, well, I don't support what he stands for and so I'm not going to see it. And, and, and that's my fear of what would happen. And my hope would be that they would come out and see it and realize like, it's not just a story about him. It's a story about everybody in the church. You know what I mean? Like it's a story, like what we're trying to do is make a story that happens in the church because we think there should be more stories in the church because it's such a huge part. Of, of life in this country and it just is not done enough and so I hope people understand the care that we've gone to to try to do something that would reflect people's lives that was Ira Glass make sure to check out his new film Come Sunday it's out now You're listening to Mass Gothic. The song is Dark Window. Okay, it is time for... You listen to the show, and it's time to get to know you. It's the listener of the week. Each week uh, on our Friday episode, we uh, 
pick a listener of the week. This is fun. It's our chance to get to know you guys one on one on our Twitter feed at, Rele- gonna, at Relevant Podcast. You guys have been hitting us up with three facts about yourself that that say, you know, pick me. I have three very interesting things that you should know. Jesse is keeps his uh, you know eye on it, and uh, each week picks a listener of the week. Who'd you pick this week, Jesse? Today is Marcus, and each of his three facts were very fascinating to me, and I can't wait for the backstory uh, uh, to them all. Uh, but before I guess we get to those, maybe we should maybe we should meet Marcus for a moment. Marcus Garrett, welcome to the Roman Podcast. Hey there, ladies and spaghettis. Oh, oh boy, Marcus, wow. I wow. like coming it in, all coming in hot. Let me take it from a pro, Mark. Marcus for like. A year or two now. Nice, Marcus. Wow. Do you do children's magic really shows? Good. Do you do children's magic shows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, there's there's no one kill on that Trust me, Marcus. Take it from an old pro. Uh, my first show, I had a friend tell me that I was flying a little too close to the sun. And I just want you to hear those words <laughs> applied to your heart that you will not grow shallow. You know what I'm saying? Let's move forward. Uh, where are you calling us from, Marcus? I am calling from Southern California. I'm Ooh, actually. Cool. At work in a little meeting room. Where do you work? Is it or is it just that little meeting room? <laughs> no, yes, yes. I'm actually. I have been trapped here for uh, weeks. Please, uh, please send help. Please right. send help. <laughs> a little warm. Get a little warm. <laughs> <laughs> a little close to the sun. I like it. I like Come Marcus. Back. You know, I like Marcus. Marcus. I like Come back. Are just, you Marcus? Are you in a diehard scenario right now? <laughs> Crawl up the ventilation shaft. That's your way out. Um, what is your job, Marcus? So. Um, by day, I do uh, social media and and customer care for uh, Taco Bell, and then a Taco Bell or the Taco Bell. Uh, I'm yes, I'm I'm currently at Taco Bell headquarters. Oh, oh my wow. gosh, this is the best, Marcus. You really buried the lead with that silly joke. Hold on, does the Taco Bell <laughs> headquarters have like faux stucco and like a uh, southwestern paint <laughs> scheme, like the old Taco Bell uh, restaurants? If I sent you pictures of the office from the outside, it would look like a nightclub. Oh, oh. now question: what? Do you guys have a feud with Wendy's? Mm. Yeah, uh, Wendy's social media because Wendy's is just a sick burn after sick burn on Twitter. Right? Yeah, uh, we like to take the um, high road, and our approach is just be better, and that will speak for itself. Do you actually run the Twitter account, Marcus? That's what I need to know. Can you actually open up a computer and tweet <laughs> from the Taco Bell Twitter account? Hypothetically. Yes, but I definitely <gasps> won't do that. <laughs> oh my That's gosh, awesome. Marcus has so much access. What is it like to wield this is a such powerful power. man? Yeah. Okay. So this is send our most us, powerful guest for sure. If it's 100%. really you, send us a signal. So just like do the burrito. <laughs> no, no, no. Burrito, follow, burrito, burrito, thumbs up emoji. No, no, no. Follow, follow him on Twitter and make sure you're following him. And then maybe you guys could DM each other. That would be yeah. confirmation. If we, if we give you some keywords, could you include them in the next Taco Bell tweet? Ooh. Keyword being uh, Jesse ooh, Carey. Uh, what, what I can probably do, um, oh, I can message you from our support account. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah, still be the, I'll take that would, it. I'll take whatever you can give me, Marcus. Same. Okay. That's what totally everyone says who goes to a Taco Bell, to be fair. I'll just take whatever you give me. <laughs> I, I talked about a guy today who ate uh, 30,000 Big Macs over the course of 40 years. How many? How often do you eat Taco Bell food? Oh, man. Well, 
so we have this test kitchen here where they're trying out like always just these new crazy recipes and they had something yesterday that i literally can get fired if i told you about but if it ever makes it out you guys are gonna have your minds blown in a way that's oh, like, oh, man. funny, I can't believe a place would make this. Or like, oh, wow, this is this is a delicious food. Or both. Or neither. Both. Definitely both. I've <laughs> never seen anything like it. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing that they've wow. gotten known for, is like they're the ones doing the crazy combinations. Yeah, the it, start, it started with the Doritos tacos, and it's just gone from there. Marcus, do you just get free Taco Bell? All, like, Can you eat Taco Bell every day? People always, always um, ask that. I'm going to raise you this. Would you want to? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, I was going to say the one thing about Taco Bell, it's already pretty close to free. I don't know if you've seen the Taco (laughs) Bell menu. (laughs) Jesse, what are the three facts? All right, I want to I want to hear about this one because you know he was recently featured on the cover of a magazine. You stepped in as Anthony Anderson's bodyguard at a Lakers game. How did this go down? Yeah. So, um, you know, I live in Southern California. I've been going to Lakers games basically my whole childhood up until now and i was at a lakers game i think two years ago and as we're walking out uh there's just this swarm of people running towards this location i like looked and it was anthony anderson who was just being bombarded by just fans and and then i see my mom and my sister just start running toward him too i'm like oh my gosh this is so embarrassing like 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 can you just like let this man go? And so I actually was an RA in college and um, like through that, I, I've like learned some good like crowd control skills. And so what I kind of like turned that go back to? on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's prison. Man. I think that's prison. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to like a military institute? Uh, no, no. I, I just, I just went to this like uh, liberal arts college in Orange County. And um, so I just like, turned that switch on and I just started yelling like, okay, everybody back up, back up. And then, and then I like kind of cleared his path and then I grabbed Anthony and then I just started like ushering him out of this big crowd. Then we get away from all of that mess. And, and then he looks over to his guy and he's like, you were supposed to be watching me. And apparently like that was his bodyguard and his bodyguard was just on his phone. He's like, oh, sorry. Uh-uh. And then he gave me this like fist bump and and then he walked off and that was it. I think Marcus, I, I, I was going to say, I think he went up there and just started macing people like, get out of the way. And people were like, ah, this <laughs> is, is I, fire I, I saw like eyes. the bodyguard where he picked Anthony Anderson up and carried him through the crowd that like the final scene, the bodyguard with Whitney Houston. <laughs> He's a and very Kevin big Costner. man. And um, I would, I would not be. Able I, to okay. That. Marcus, I have been vexed for this entire story. It is because I thought you were talking about Anthony Edwards who played goose in top gun. And I'm like, <laughs> he was getting mobbed. I'm, no. like, I'm pretty sure this guy can just Anthony walk Anderson from Blackish yeah. and the cover of Relevant Magazine about three that, mo- three issues ago. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But I'm like, Anthony yeah. Edwards has a bodyguard. What? The, uh, <laughs> the thing that really confuses me about this is like, I, you know, I've spent a lot of time in LA and stuff, but like, it's common to see famous people. I mean, if you go to the yeah. Grove or you go whatever. No big deal. Nobody swarms them at all. It's like act like you've been there before. I am shocked that at a Lakers game of all the caliber of celebrities that you would see there. 
that the one being mobbed and people are running right. towards them is Anthony Anderson. Except there is a celebrity entrance at the Lakers game that people hang out at and wait is for there? this moment. It's kind of like the yeah. where Jack is going to come in and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, yeah. it's not the soup. I've heard there's two two entrances. Yeah, there's like the you can drive. Just nobody will ever see you. Yeah. But then there's like the average famous where I mean, they have that at magic games. They have people the, are going to drive in one and then right. the normal VIP. But there's like a walk in one where people like right. stand and wait. Either yeah. way, hero, Marcus, hero. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, Marcus, you proposed to your girlfriend using a random conversations question from an app. Again, I love this already. Uh, that's how most of my interviews are conducted. How did this go down? Uh, so I picked this back because. I know, Jesse, that you've tried to get the whole podcast crew to answer some of these questions. Exactly and, right. um, and so I have this video series and um, there's this Nintendo app where they basically give you a bunch of weird questions to ask your friends. And um, I would use that to interview game developers. And, okay. um, and then the app actually shut down <laughs> last week. And so for my final episode, I wanted to interview my girlfriend you, using some of these random questions. But then the final question would be me asking her to uh, marry me. And so this was last I, week. This was last week, last <gasps> Sunday. Well, that's oh, so wow. fun. What, yeah, I yeah, want to say congratulations, but did she, she say You yes. haven't said anything but the term did girlfriend. Say, so she actually did not say yes. Oh, what? incredibly single. And, um, no, it was there will never be. No, what? There will Marcus, never be a better moment on hold this on. show. Hold on, Marcus, Marcus. You brought this up. Hold You're on. telling me that you asked her and she did not say yes. Yeah. And then broke up with no. you. She she said yes. I was totally joking. Oh. No, oh, man. I was going to go find your YouTube channel right now and watch the video. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you, man. It took me three or four months on the show to get my footing. You, sir, four minutes you in. Found well, it. You found yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Came in a little hot, but you found it. Okay, finally, <laughs> finally, you snuck into an episode of Parks and Rec. Oh. How did that go down? All right, so back back to he carried Anthony office. Anderson in like yeah. the bodyguard. <laughs> he carried Anthony. He Edwards. delivered Taco Bell and just yeah. stuck around. Free Taco Bell. I was for say, the you know Taco Bell's catering his wedding. Uh, absolutely. Oh, right. I wish Taco works every time. Works you have a big time. queso fountain in there. Experimental oh chalupas for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us about Parks and Rec. All right, so um, back when I was in RA. Um, I, I had this resident who I was really close to, and she told me that she was a big fan of Amy Poehler and around, around that same time, uh, Parks and Rec was going to film at my college, uh, Chapman University in Orange, California. And she actually was hospitalized. Um, while they came to uh, um, film. And, and so she was never going to see Amy. And so me being the nice RA, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get you her autograph. And so I specifically wore really toned down, really, really <laughs> muted clothes. And, um, okay. 
it's like like just so I wouldn't stand out. So there was no logos. There was nothing. I and love, um, oh, I love and there's people just like crowded around this like orange plaza, this like around around this fountain watching people film. And between every take, I would just watch people. I would watch where all of the actors would like would like walk. I was just watching for patterns. Have you ever robbed a bank? You are, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have some questions. <laughs> you are a mystery. Listen, listen, Marcus. I when you hear the podcast, this comment will make sense. I'm out of the cat burglary game for numerous reasons. <laughs> Mainly, I don't like lifting like appliances anymore. Right. If you ever want to go into like a criminal enterprise, you sound like you, you could be the guy in the van keeping an eye on everything. Literally, he's like, I, I wore in. muted clothes, no logos. I sat in the side and just watched for patterns. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so, yeah. so, so you just walked on as like an extra? I just I just walked on set and Amy Poehler was on a bench and I start walking towards her and I have my pen and my paper and I'm about like, I would say like three, four yards away and then the producer comes up to her and like says, hey, we're um, ready to have you on set now. And now I'm just like, just kind of standing just in the middle of the set. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to go where all of, all of the like yeah. commoners are, like all of those norm normies. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and so I just, um, I just look over and, and, and I just see a bunch of extras and I just kind of waltz over and just start standing with them. And then a couple minutes later they get, called on to go be picked on and like placed into chairs. And I'm, and I'm just thinking like, I, I just have this one chance to be on this show. And so in a power move, I, I just <laughs> stare at the casting director, just like a very intense stare. And and then her eyes meet mine and, and like, she just starts staring and she stops like counting. And, and we just had this like, like five second moment. And she's now your fiance. And like now we're married, yeah. No, and then and then and like then she says, "You have a good look. Go sit down." And uh, that was the beginning of a very marvelous day. Marcus, we got to know: Can we see you in an episode in the background? Definitely. So it's season five, episode seventeen, the partridge episode where they go to Ice Town. Dude, that's crazy. We'll be be looking for you, man. Wow. Uh, Hey, DM me a screenshot uh, when you get some time. Uh, From Taco Bell. Yeah, this literally from Taco Bell. To confirm it, you. I mean, I know he brought three interesting facts, but none of them hold a candle to him working at Taco Bell. That's my favorite one. (laughs) There you go. Well, Marcus, you are a gem. A gem. Just a real angel of a person. Thanks for listening, yeah. man. Congrats on the engagement. Yeah, thank you. Um, if you want to be the listener of the week, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Realm Podcast. Tell us three interesting facts about yourself, and we will uh, pick one to and, be on the Friday show. And fun fact, we are committed to, uh, through the life of the show, talking to every listener, and uh-huh. so it will only take us 2,884 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, many thanks to ZipRecruiter for making this episode possible. Remember, you can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant to try ZipRecruiter for for free. Go check it out. Also, thanks to Ira Glass for joining us. Uh, make sure to check out Come Sunday. It's on Netflix now. It's really, really good. Yeah. Look at the fascinating story of Carlton Pearson. And you should check out his show. Like he has a radio show yeah. or something. Really? <laughs> pretty good. Remember it. It's pretty good. Huh. It's great. Decent. Yeah. It's a decent show. 
people talk about it. it's an art house thing. Yeah. 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 And also, can I <laughs> plug is something? Is Mr. Tori Malatila involved? <laughs> if I can plug something real quick, you should know that Harry and Megan have asked for donations to seven charities in place of receiving wedding gifts. So how about, how about, about they just them? how about they just dismantle the fraudulent uh, institution <laughs> that's leeching that money off British society who, and just give who, that to the I don't charities. care how much you love the monarch. Who would think when they have all the wor- money in the world, who would think I need to send them a wedding present? Like, yeah, oh, they have a billion people, everything. Yeah. Why are they going to want my, why are they going to want this toaster? Like, this is, <laughs> this is going to be owned, a pretty, pretty hot take. But if you own a cat in America, you've definitely sent them a present. Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't know what that means. I mean, if you're a cat lover, it's like that type of a person, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's oh, yeah, yeah, that's the it. burn. Yeah. That's the roast yeah. that Eddie is this making. Sick, I, can, I can see that. I can I'm going to say, please do not take that out. Yeah, I no. need to stand on my own <laughs> and die on my own. Cause sometimes I do fly a little too close to the sun. And I, 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 think it's, I think it's like the more cats you've had, you've owned that's the true, higher likelihood. If you have more than seven cats, you have definitely shipped a package to the palace. That's definitely, a that is definitely a Cameron string. I have I have never given them a present, but I'm going to defend the people who think it's nice to send something to people they don't know. Well, that's yeah. your base. He, he, I, I, don't, I just don't know what <laughs> Prince Harry. what Prince Harry's doing with this Bed Bath and Beyond gift card. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's using it. <laughs> All uh, those books don't sell themselves. Keep going. <laughs> hey, yeah, speaking of which, congratulations, Miss Annie F. Downs. Big news this week: yes. uh, 100 Days to Brave has passed 100,000 in sales. That's yeah. awesome. It's a million Thank days. You. That is a, a million. Days. That is incredible. Is it 10 million days. 10 million, nobody could know. 10 million it's, days. 10 million days. That math wow. can't be done. It's a lot of days. Wow. I think there. we're still, I think it's still a million. And did I see that it, uh, it's now being carried in Walmart? Yes. So just, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I know it's crazy and I haven't seen it yet in Walmart. I gotta go. I need to get when over there. When you go, you need to pick up some Diet Dr. Thunder. We've talked about this extensively <laughs> on your show <laughs> and on my show. It's the thing I've probably talked about most in my career. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> free, Dr. Free, freeing slaves. Yep. Diet Dr. Thunder. The musical theater and Diet Dr. Thunder. Yeah. And yeah, that's I'm right. hoping to have, kind of royal things kind of etch into the third As your spot. next category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Diet Dr. Thunder and 100 Days to Brave at your local the Walmart. The two best things that are at your local Walmart. You're welcome. Well, yeah. on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I am Eddie Koffel. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you Wednesday. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Hi, my name's Ulysses Percy Sebastian. Relevant Podcast Network.